Kenna mutsabi moloi. Morari wa Albertina, Mama Chona, le Joseph Mbutana moloi. Kele le kholokwe le hlaba kotswana. Le hlaba go ka le mao ka sebono. Le hlaba le isa gorong ha magotlwana. Magotlwana a eja a ihalana. A re khutla hape we eketsa motho wa wetsi. Welcome to the journey with Mpo podcast. A sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpa. Hello, JWM family. Welcome to yet another episode of Journey with Mpa. Today's episode is a little bit different. We spent one night this week at a hangout with the poets in Hawaii. And we thought it would be cool to give you guys a taste of what it's like to be in a room full of poets just slamming for fun. Um, The sound quality isn't so good, but, you know, we thought you might enjoy just a little bit of what poetry in Hawaii has to offer. So there are a number of guests or featured poets on the show, and... I will be your co-host for today, so let's get started. I feel too much sometimes. Emotions mirroring the vastness of galaxies, the gravity of the world weighs down on me like the fabric of space-time, making anxiety my moon, trapped in a tidal locked orbit, always facing me, knowing that there's a dark side looming around the corner that I never want to see, I feel so much sometimes. The suffering of other life forms often burns within my core, so a hop like fusion, turning hydrogen into helium, turning empathy into my own stress, fueling me to try so hard to become the star that they can seek in these dark skies for guidance, the light to nourish their souls, often lead me to the edge of my own supernova. I feel helpless sometimes, like a vacuum filled with only dark energy. Wondering if my dark matters, what knowing that the world sees me shining, but only because the black hole inside has trapped the light for your eyes to spectate. I feel overwhelmed sometimes. My head becomes a nebula. All of life's responsibilities, like scattered elements, fighting for their place in a star, fighting for their right to shine, fighting for meaning in a mundane blackness, fighting to be the last straw that makes my mind implode on itself. I feel alone sometimes. Body morphs into a space Leaving home is a space walk in a world that often feels so alien to me. A fragile tether is the only thing that keeping me from floating into the darkness, into depression, into a void where the only thing I have to look forward to is suffocating in the cloud of my own solid exhale sometimes. I need the gravity of affection to bring me back to Earth sometimes. I need to explode like asteroids meeting the friction of atmospheres, causing a massive extinction of my inner rage, of my inner demons, of my inner self-destructive tendencies that changes the climate of my mental stability. But sometimes, most times, I just need space. Now, we didn't think that that guest needed an introduction. You guys know him from the very first episode where we featured guests on the show. His name is Z from Baltimore. (laughs) Okay, up next is the funny... (laughs) 
Travis T. He shares this poem all the time, and you have to see the facial expressions to know why it's so funny. But we enjoyed it. Here it goes. Short poem, and then she's about to kill it. And this poem, and it's so short, you're gonna forever remember, you're never gonna forget. It's a really short poem. Well, I want you to take it, put it in your pocket, and share it with someone else. But when you share it with them, I want you to use dramatique. Okay? I want you to be dramatique. It goes, roses. Roses are red. The violets, the violets are blue. Yo, some poems rhyme. Yo, some poems don't. <laughs> That's yours now. When you give it to someone, tell them you wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> so that is our gift from Travis T. <laughs> Always a great poem. Coming up next is a featured poet who took me by such a great surprise. Like, when I watched her perform, I thought, man, she's phenomenal. And then... I realized I didn't spend the night getting to know enough about her, so I went on Google and searched her, and turns out she's a phenomenal, well-known artist. I'm like, what the hell? Boy, you didn't even know. Um, she's been featured on TED Talk and is just someone who is involved in the LGBTQ community and is about to get published next year with Button Poetry, but let me not hype her up. Next up is Natasha T. Miller. <laughs> yeah, all right, so I'm gonna get um, right into it. Uh, this first poem has uh, been very important to me. I, um, I wrote it, uh, I was in Pittsburgh doing a show, and before I did the show, uh, I was watching like some news station and I heard that there was a man in Detroit um, who had lived in Detroit for 36 years and then ICE came and uh, tore him away from his family and deported him. Um, and I just, you know, obviously it's fucked up this concept of the bodies of human beings and not being made illegal. Um, and I, I, I wrote this in the spirit of that. So you are not a firearm in the hands of an unlicensed carrier. You are not 20 miles over the speed limit, not underage drinking or vandalism, neither theft nor robbery. You are not illegal. You are a human. You
you are a soul connected to a source, you are skin connected to bones that are weary from working 10 times harder while getting paid 90% less. You are your grandmother's favorite child, your lover's favorite kiss, the suicide note that your parents carried across the borders on their backs. You are in coffins and all to National Cemetery running into burning buildings and risking your life to save people who want you dead. You are the true definition of grace, making below minimum wage, barely surviving yet still sending money back home to your family. You are a healer. You are a provider. You are coming home every night with tired hands, achy feet, still reading your children, bedtime stories and languages that you've been hiding in your throat all day. You are the great in America. You are more American than the American president. You are not a job or a service or a status or a resident. You are not a bill being passed on the house floor in the middle of the night. You are flesh. You are bones. You are feelings. You are more than America's housekeepers. You are the house. You are the structure. And if you are forced to leave, you be the flames. You burn it down. You burn it down. And you write your family's name in the ashes. Thank you.
most attractive person, if you like tell them they're ugly, they start to feel ugly. It's so, like, so yeah. crushing. So why should we not do that stuff? Um, but this was <laughs> so this was a poem that I that I wrote about uh, climate change, which kind of has something to do with him. Um, so it's on climate change. One of the problems that a lot of people like myself we have high levels of intelligence, but we are not necessarily believers. 73-year-old Donald Trump, President of the United States. People are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing, we are facing mass extinctions, and all you can talk about is how money and fairy tales about eternal economic, all you can talk about is money and fairy tales about eternal economic growth. 16-year-old climate change activist, Brenda Thunberg. Mm -hmm. And that could be it. That could be the poem. And the poem could be about how the man who holds the highest land and office has the intelligence of a melting glacier or the empathy of a California wildfire, but why insult the glaciers? That actually possess wisdom and protects life. Why spend the next few minutes focusing on a man who couldn't spot global warming if the wind blew and his wig suddenly caught on fire? The poem, the poem could be about us in this room, the ones who are intelligent enough to know that the earth doesn't honor generational wealth or economic growth, that there will be no 1% earth and separate middle class or poor, poor earth to pass down to our grandchildren's grandchildren. This poem is a thank you to the young people who sacrifice being young and spend their downtime fighting to save a planet they did not get damaged. This is a thank you to the Native Americans who put their bodies on the line to stop pipelines from running through what should be sacred. This is a thank you to the people who plant their feet in the ground become one with the trees, understanding that all things living should protect all things living, to the residents in Flint who can barely speak but stretch their arms out far enough to reach the tribes in South Dakota. This is to you, the ones who write checks, get arrested for protesting, go to work for yourself in the morning, only to turn around and work for something much bigger than yourself in the evening. This is for us who know that the presidential election was a hoax and climate change is actually real. This is for the six-year-old girl who's never seen a rainforest or a polar bear but starts a bake sale to save them both while billionaires did not science and joke about global, global warming because apparently melting glaciers, dying fish, and hopeless animals are funny. This is to those of us who don't laugh, who keep fighting, who keep going, who know that we are here and so the earth tells us we no longer can be. Thank you. So I got a poem that um, I wrote to my mom, so I'm going to do two more and I am out of your way. Uh, we ain't in our way. Huh? Am I in your way? I'm by the door, so I got to put it Travis trying to. <laughs> I know, Travis is like. Alright, uh, uh. Yeah, so I, I uh, my, my mentor, who is Mahogany Brown out in New York, mm -hmm. um, she gave us a prompt one day, and it was, What are the consequences of silence? Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote this in, in the spirit of that. There's a half-empty bottle of liquor under my mother's bed when I arrive at her home. I do not speak to her. I am angry. I am silent because she is drunk again. She would drink more because I refuse to hold a conversation. I know this. The bottle is empty. By the time I've gathered all of my mail, my throat, now the other half of her liver, and still, I am still, and I am silent, and I swallow, and I leave.
to end on, on, on this one, so Travis can get to bed, um, which now I have to get to bed, because I don't have a thing anymore. Yeah, so this is fun. I, I, I had the uh, privilege of performing for uh, Forbes 30 Under 30 uh, a few months ago, and um, I was performing for McAllen Whiskey, and they asked me to write a poem about a campaign that they had running about people like taking a chance on themselves. And it was so great the way it lined up because I had just left New York with my friend who's a, a poet out there. And we were having drinks in a bar and she just told me like everything about her life was awful, right? She was just like, my boyfriend sucked, my cat sucked, my apartment sucked, like fucking I sucked, everything. And I was like, but she's so talented. So I said, well, why don't you just take a chance on yourself and like do your art full time? And she said, because I'm scared of failing. And I said, well, it kind of sounded like you already failed. Oh, um, and she like started laughing, and then she started crying. And she's like, "Oh shit, okay." Um, so I just was like very confused about like what people think rock bottom is, especially when you're already at rock bottom. It's kind of like you might as well just go ahead and just take that shit further and kind of get up, right? Um, so I wrote this poem ded dedicated to her before I read the, like read the poem at the conference. I actually called her, so I was like, "You got some shit up there, just so you know." Um, and she approved. So I think this poem is, is more so just dedicated to people who, no matter where you are in life, uh, you should always feel like you should take a chance on yourself to get to where else you want to be. Um, so if you ask people what's scary about chasing their dreams, most will tell you it's the fear of not making it. But if you ask those same people if they feel like they're making it right now where they are in life, they'll tell you no. Example, after a few uh, bad rounds of karaoke and a few good rounds of whiskey, my friend tells me that everything in her life sucks. Her job, her apartment, her cat, her writing career, or lack thereof, everything. This woman with scars for knees, testaments of how many times she's hit rock bottom and survived, sits in a bar crying about her failed life, but at the same time telling me she's still scared of failing, which confuses me, but also makes me question when we start to accept that failure is a sum of all the choices we are choosing not to make and not the ones we've made. When my city turned dark and into a playground full of ghosts, we stayed, climbed the poles, turned the lights back on ourselves and made so much noise that the rest of the world had to come back to see what was happening. Two days, two days after my brother died, I peeled myself out of bed to go and teach poems to 10th graders. And a week later, a girl who had just left, lost her mother, left a note on my desk that only read, thank you. Thank you. And it was in that moment I understood success is not about money or a bottom line. Success is sometimes just a lifeline between your journey and how your story can inspire or save someone else. Tell me, how many times has it felt like, tell me how many times have morning felt like a daily reminder that this is not the life you were supposed to be living, that that life is on the other side of the risk you were supposed to be taking, that life is on the other side of the bridge you convinced yourself is too shaky to walk across, that life is packed away in a box of decisions that you hid behind your fears. So yes, chasing your dreams is scary, 
but it is also more fulfilling than dying with your own story stuck in your throat. Sometimes you have to do what is not easy. You have to put your fist in your own mouth and pull out the words you want this world to remember you by leave that tiny apartment of regret. Imagine that every chance you've taken on yourself will catch your fall. Stop waiting. Stop standing still hoping for the perfect opportunity to find you because there is no time more perfect than now. No person more deserving of that life you want than you. Thank you. I concur with Z. How do you follow that? Man, <laughs> Natasha, we were just supposed to be hanging out and, you know, slamming poetry. And <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your voice with us, your poetry and your spirit. It was beautiful and we had so much fun. Up next is a perfect poet to follow. That is Liam Skyling. I, oh my man. <laughs> Here's Liam. You'll know why. You know, music and movement and rhythm. And I used to joke about it being my meaning of life poem. And, and it was. I've been thinking about the rhythm. The rhythm that beats hearts and pumps lungs like a fasting bellows. The rhythm that hooks a pole and pulls it through a pole slips like a shimmering fish reaching the surface of the sea. I've been thinking about stars. Newborn at a hundred million years, and fruit flies living lives from sun to sun. I've been thinking about mosquito wings that have to beat in perfect synchronicity when they come together to hover in midair for an instant so they can fuck. The way our mood, passion, and emotion have to beat in time when we come together for a moment out of our hectic separate lives so that we can make love. I've really been thinking about the syncopated sounds of damp clapping and drowning gasps that accompany our primal ceremonies in the sacred temple of getting down. <laughs> Bodies glide in unison, smooth as eternity, till it feels like I will never ever mmm. And you will never stop. But I do. And you do. And when we did, like celestial bodies collide to spin off satellites, DNA coils unspool, then interlace to write the scores for two never before heard, absolutely perfect, unique new, new rhythms, two brilliant, beautiful daughters. And I, I became biologically obsolete. Yesterday's <laughs> genetic headline. You see, I've been thinking about the rhythm and measure of my own life that I used to fraction like a fourth grade math problem, one-sixth of a life, one-fourth of a life, one-half of a life lived. As my denominator exorably descends, I don't care to calculate this way anymore. <laughs> Between the beats, there's no imagining the end, but I know I'll reach my three-minute time limit sooner or later, so I've been thinking about how to end this poem without resorting to empty homilies, because I refuse to believe in anybody else's God or heaven, just because I'm afraid not to. But I want this to matter. I want to matter. 
Alan is spit rhymes so profound they emanate rhythmic ripples like aftershocks, circling the globe and ever expanding concentric circles, shaking parliaments and capitals, crumbling security walls and border fences, and agitating the minds of those who cure them so they'll never again sit still in the face of injustice or remain silent when others are suffering. But maybe I won't. Because maybe I can't. But I can make noise. And if you're listening, I've been heard. And that's what it's all about anyway, isn't it? Adding one voice to the cosmic cacophony. I'm not saying poetry is a solution to oblivion, but it does have to stand as my answer. Because whether these words continue to haunt you like the memory of a familiar melody you can't quite recall, or just dissipate like the last echo of a shout across an ineffably vast canyon, I will keep listening to, learning from, adding to, showing reverence for, giving thanks to, thinking, that was Liam, and right after him is your favorite podcast guest, Z from Baltimore. Um, we had a workshop at the Dragon, and, um, and that's why I was. Um, poets are like onions, layered, fresh, sometimes they smell bad. Some would even call us an acquired taste. But mostly important, most importantly, when life comes into us, the results will make you cry. Poets are like weeds, not flowers, because we are not here to be beautiful. We do not grow out of this stage to be a pretty decoration in the living room of your perception. We are more resilient than your dainty daisies. We dandelion blow these lines all over the field of your imagination until we blossom in your daydreams. We be rainforest, taking in all the toxins humankind spews at us and only responding by pumping fresh breath back into their bodies. We be volcano, blowing off our tops to spew out our insides too hot to touch, molding molten mishaps, misdeeds, and missed opportunities into new land to stand on. We be conduits, the middlemen, for we do not write these poems. They already exist in a collective conscious we simply transfer them from a higher realm to this one. Us poets are not sweet love songs. We are not gentle ballad. We are the bass, beating at the kick drum of your heart until your own music spills out of your soul. We are the crescendo, the build up, the climax. We be the whole damn orchestra. Even though we use different instruments to portray our passion, we play a melody that will make you melt into a puddle of emotion. We are poets for a reason. Because this society we are trapped in can only load us up with so much ammunition before we shoot shattered mirrors back at its face and make it realize its own reflection is the only one that is broken. We are not for the lighthearted. We be too sandpaper to wipe your tears with, too sharp edges to cuddle, too hellfire to be so cool all the damn time. Because with life, be our pot, trauma, be our soil, water us with inspiration and watch us motherfucking bloom. Yeah. That was Z. Coming up after Z is Locks, the Wonderful Weirdo. See, lately my my emotions have been in, in, in motion. I've been moving with the ocean. It's not like I've been flowing, but I've been feeling drowned out. Nobody's, nobody's here to save me. I don't know what it is that was given, but I feel like somebody gave me something that snatched it away. I'm not a baby. 
or Tyler, but you took it. You gave it to me. You said you can have it. Display your talent. You're the greatest. And then you snatched it from me, took it, and ran away. It was the latest. It was the thing that you said I could have, but now you took it away, and it's my bad? It's my fault? I'm supposed to lose? I feel like I already did it, but how much more did I have to prove? I mean, I got the sauce. How you gonna take the juice? <laughs> It's okay, we'll go and move forward. I got a partner. Me and myself will try to go farther, do something we have never done. We gotta try. We can fail. This is our shit. And we will sell. So whenever Lox gets onto stage, he always says, what's up with the what's up? And all you do is shout, what's up? <laughs> Thank you so much, Lox. Coming up next is She Who Reigns Queen, um, Destiny. This girl, I mean, this woman, yo, is my friend and the poetry she writes always takes you on a journey. Um, I'm trying not to hype everyone up before I introduce them. I'm such a bad host, but here's Destiny. How many crowns do you have to break to claim your throne? How many queens do you have to slay before you find your way home? King, your crown is made of false adornments. Your mantle is dirty from the places you wanted royalty. It's not something you conquer and own. It's something you want. So stop chasing tens. Stop clucking after every hen. Learn to be more. Be more than average men who use women to soothe them in any way they see fit. Be more than what you were. Be more than what you become. Be more than the statistical projection that sums your life up to already over and done. You've overdone it. I'm over it. We're done. I hope the echoing applause continues to feed your ego once you want. I hope the crowd still love you once the light comes on. I hope you still love me once I go off. Where did you get off? Hurting women who will barely learn to love themselves again. Ain't you got no mama? Nigga, you tripping. Beware of a woman scorned. Watch as her halo slowly transforms. The horns you used to stab her in the back now rest atop her head like a crown of thorns. Jesus. I feel like I've been here before, turning my tears like water into the wine I use to drown my sorrows, while feeding the heat, while feeding the needy with healing stories and hopes for new tomorrows, my body like bread. One heart, two arms, two legs, and a head full of thoughts that caught you off guard. Your actions taught me that I loved you too hard, that I was too much and not enough at the same damn time, and ain't in about damn time that I realized that you aren't worth it, that you've never been a contender in the battlefield of love. Just a pretender who jumped in the ring fighting dirty with no gloves, and now I stand here, knuckles bleeding, straining to see through the sweat from battling these demons. The memories of us haunt my dreams. And then I wake up, acknowledge the fact that you're just a hiccup, a form of indigestion from drinking too fast, trying to quench my thirst with dirt. No wonder my throat hurts, all this screaming into the darkness, but no one hears me anymore, and I can't help but feel like like I've been here before, turning my tears like water into the wine I use to drown my sorrows while breathing life into broken men and feeling and 
and feeding hope for new tomorrows and feeling like too much and not enough at the same damn time. It ain't in about damn time that I'll walk away. Break the cycle, raise the white flag. I can see you win, collect your tins and your round before we can even walk or talk, I swear we are magic. Creatures breathing through the aching of knives placed in our hearts way before we learned love. I am 26 years older than my father ever wished I would be. I am a human ghost, my father's very own grim reaper. They say there are five love languages. I know seven. One, words of affirmation. Two, acts of service, three, quality time, four, physical touch, five, receiving gifts, six, self-hate. I learned from extending my arms into sunsets of unreciprocated love. I earned by running it, by running myself dead into the graves of men who had nothing but heartbreak motels for homes, self-hate. A curse I breathe as a mantra, the taste of inhales with every ohm dragging my soul into endless caves, me a slave searching for love. The exhales, runs, rivers dry, thirsts, I am thirsty, my heart is parched, no longer pumping oxygen to the blood butterflies that once lived in my stomach. Seven, sacrifice. My mother, oh sweet, darling mother, worships me like the priest does a congregation, offering collection. Her eyes are a celebration, the praises of a choir. Gospel of sacrifice was a sermon my mother preached when she chose me in the darkness of her womb during the attack and betrayal of her heart, her uterus, my only shelter. My mother chose me. So here I stand, with the burdens of my father's womanizing tactics. I suffer the tears of women shed, the tears women shed over his nature. I am the flower watered by the tears of heartbreaks my father caused, karma. On the days where I am calm, I make peace with my dharma, my reality. I remember how death escaped me, how the, how the breaking the broken tried to do to me, buried them in personal hells, and they thought they could use me to cleanse their unholy, to wash their bodies and me. Little boys trapped in men's bodies thought this temple could lead them to the Holy One. There's something magical about those of us who escape death before we can walk or talk. I 
swear we are magic, creatures breathing through the aching of knives placed in our hearts way before we learned love. And so I thought I'd have my poem be married to Destiny's poem. I hope she doesn't mind. <laughs> um, yeah, men, poetry, women. It's always such a beautiful space. I never intended to share that poem. It was not my intention when I went out that night, but I just felt called to, like I felt like it needed to be heard. And so unrehearsed, new shit. I put it out there. Up next is Kamele. <laughs> I struggle with what's beautiful. Standing in the mirror after a shower, dropping the towel and just... Ugh, my hair is too thin, the color needs to change. My tooth is dying, my eyes are uneven. My tummy is fat, my legs have cellulite, my pores aren't clear, and my bras just never fit right. My entire life, wanting to be thin, wanting bikinis that actually fit, but Target doesn't carry tops in a 42D. My cousins, as what I strive to look like, Hawaiian, brown skin, brown eyes, brown hair, thick, curly hair. Compliments about me losing weight, but fewer when I gained it back. Specific people who always said that I looked good while I was thinner, but don't say shit to me when I look like what I look like now. Judgment if I'm not eating the right food, walking down a hallway and feeling like I'm taking up too much space, a double chin that's always there when I'm not looking at a reflection, unflattering pictures of my natural stance, and I hate them all. It's hard to feel beautiful when all eyes are on you, and I can't wear something to my fingertips because I have so much more skin that shows. Told to change because it's inappropriate, but someone who is a small instead of an extra large gets told nothing. If I were an eight instead of an 18, it wouldn't be a problem, but I need to cover up because I am a student leader. I represent Life Christian Academy, my spiritual leader position, the Eagles team, Raiders Athletics, Pierce College, Aspire, all eyes everywhere. Someone is always watching, so I have to watch myself, and I can't be unkept, I can't be sloppy. I need to lose weight so I can wear clothes with less judgment. I need to recolor my hair and wear tops that hide my shape. I want to be thin, but I want to feel beautiful now because it hurts to look in the mirror and wish I was myself in the past. I want to wear a bikini bottom and not have it swallowed by my waist, but I also want to be comfortable in the way my body looks as it is. I don't want to follow the toxic beauty standard, but it's hard not to hate what I see, because it's easy to be in love with someone else instead of being devoted to me. That was Kamele. Thank you so much for sharing. The next poet, I didn't quite catch her name, and I want to sincerely apologize. Um, you can call me out on my nonsense, you know. I'm always telling people to remember my name, and then I don't listen well. Um, 
If anyone knows her, hit me up. Um, let me know what her Instagram is so we can give her a shout out. Um, I don't have anything memorized yet because I am brand new to spoken word. Uh, so, I'm working on it. <laughs> this one is on I am from concrete and bubblegum speckled sidewalks. From the roar of freeways and the hum of Mexican supermarkets. From sun hot enough to crack your skin and palm trees that aren't native to here, but none of us are native to here, according to them. I am from garlic rice with every meal. I am from estofado de carne and lomo saltado and the smell of camote frito in the mornings, from one dollar tacos late at night with friends, from logro that's just a little too thick, but mommy makes you eat it anyway. <laughs> I am from Rapio, rapio, y es tarde ya. I'm from pleasure to have in class, but needs to focus. I'm from no llores, es para tanto. From ponte las pilas, but I'm from Irma Dolis Corneco Martinez, who doesn't like to go by Dolis when she left me. I am from Orlando Marcos Delgado Sanchez, who broke my mother's heart and ours. I am from others older than them, but I will never know them beyond pixelated Skype calls that cross these prison walls we call borders. I am from Daniel, my small one, who I willed into existence, who grew up to be my partner in crime, who will buy our mother a housewife. Like Jesus and Inti, 
my body could not contain two sons. JWM family, that is it for my poetry nights in Hawaii. Thank you so much for bearing with the sound quality. This is what happens when you put a bunch of poets in a room. It gets too hot. You need fans. You need water. You need alcohol. Hello. (laughs) From the bottom of my heart, this is a taste of what poetry in the Hawaii community is like and It's a taste of some of the friendships I share with some of the poets that have shared. And thank you so much for always being part of this journey, for sticking it out with me. May we continue to create beautiful, beautiful magic. And may our words sometimes help us heal, but, you know, just allow us to express ourselves sometimes. Thank you so very much included in the episode notes are all of the instagram handles with links to every single poet that has shared with the exception of the one poet that i didn't remember the name i'm so sorry go ahead and follow these poets tell them you love their work and continue to motivate them i will see you guys in the next episode but until then maholo kwe Kyotava Rebuile Aloha. <laughs>